Hi, I'm Dr. Trites, and welcome to the sixth episode of Great Health Does Not Have to Be a Mission Impossible. And today, I am going to give you an overview of what really gets into irritable bowel, inflammatory bowel, digestive issues, this big topic called leaky so, gut. Now, if you've been told that leaky gut is just a theory or a thought process, then your doctor or whoever is looking that up for you hasn't looked at the almost 300 clinically proven research articles and the medications that are in formatting to try to help this condition. So it's a big deal. And I want to get into that because you can have symptoms such as gas, bloating, burping, constipation, diarrhea, indigestion, heartburn, food allergies, food sensitivities, and digestive dysfunction. Uh, overall, not liking what you eat. Get on your big boy pants, big girl pants, however you want to call it, because we're going to get into a lot of detail here. Uh, if you haven't heard me before, I'm Dr. Alan Trites. Uh, I am a licensed chiropractor, so be careful about that. Um, I'm, what I did is I went through a whole lot of school. Um, chiropractic was my fifth degree that I went through education. My first, um, or my first love was actually molecular and cellular biology with an emphasis in chemistry. I like biochemistry. Uh, then I went to clinical, um, laboratory science, uh, in the American Society of, of Clinical Pathologists as a medical technologist and, uh, national credentialing agency. And then started learning this acupuncture stuff and kinesiology and methylation and detoxification and, nutrition and sports medicine and just went for it from there so then functional medicine comes along but you're already kind of doing functional medicine and then three years as a chiropractic internist was less than one percent of the uh, chiropractors get that so we're looking at the the entirety of the body but we really have to get into the nitty-gritty and so so many issues uh more than any other condition that walks in my office or most of the doctors we talk to or any class or seminar or new education that we go to somebody has a condition because they don't digest well and they have this condition because they have inflammation. And generally that's because they don't digest well. And so most people have taken an antacid. Most people have taken um, some sort of liquid to help calm things down. Most people go, oh, I can't eat that or I don't eat that. That's most people. So that's that's not a big deal. So um, just to get you an idea that if you're listening to this, that there are over six and a half million searches per month just for IBS and leaky gut every month on Google. This is just Google. I'm not looking at Bing or Yahoo. I'm not going to um, discredit them or disprove or whatever. I don't want to, I'm just looking at one one data source here. Um, and so what, what leaky gut really is, is it can be a multitude of things. Any one of these can create a leak. So if you've ever had this wonderful thing uh, called food poisoning, you have a temporary leaky gut. What that means is that the food poisoning, because the toxin from whatever was in there, it doesn't matter if it was viral, bacteria, fungus, or parasite, they have a toxin and they create a response that irritates the lining of your gut. And what happens is it spreads apart. And what that does is a smart thing for your body. It flushes the intestines with water. <clears throat> and that water then, well, you know what you're doing. You're hitting the bathroom and, and you're getting rid of it. You're flushing it out as much as possible. Now, not all of us had food poisoning, and it could be other things. There are toxic issues that we get into or foods that's not clean. Again, there are viruses that do that, but there are foods that do that too. I mean, the whole point of if Dr. Post and Dr. Kellogg, they had worked together for a while and then they pulled apart, but Dr. Kellogg used a, um, you might have heard of them before, they were called cornflakes. And what was in that was a concentrated amount of gluten. And before they did that, it was uh, they were insane, insane asylums or asylums as they called them, and they got daily enemas of this stuff because it was a gastro irritant, and then it flushed out the system, more or less a detox, old school. So 
We're not going to do that. We don't suggest that you do that. But that's what gluten does is it irritates the lining and over time it will cause whatever the other symptoms can be. So you can get the symptoms of constipation, gas, bloating, burping, diarrhea, indigestion, heartburn, food allergies, food sensitive, and digestive function, dysfunction. But it can lead to anxiety, depression, fatigue, ADHD, headaches, brain fog, joint pain, and skin issues. So it can be more than that. Just this darn thing called gluten. We're just talking about gluten, but it could be um, dairy. It could be rice. It could be kale. For you know, it, it all depends how your body digests and breaks things down. And so when you get that, then let's say you're eating a very healthy diet. The nutrients that you eat, they don't get absorbed the same way. Then you start to react because there's this leak in there to other foods that you were not reacting to. And if it goes long enough, then you get what's called an immune response, and then you make more food allergies, and then your BNT cells start making antibodies to those reactions, and they can even go to the lungs, the sinuses, or the brain, where you can get a blood-brain barrier breach, and that's the beginning of dementia, Alzheimer's, and Parkinson's. Of course, all this has to have some sort of systemic inflammation, and so to disregard this is what's going on, or if you have a doctor and you're going to and you're getting treated for anxiety, depression, fatigue, ADHD, headaches, brain fog, joint pain, and skin issues, and they're not considering a leaky gut as a potential culprit, I don't know what to tell you, but I, the research tells you you're not in the right place. So we need to have some leaky gut help. Now, before we get to the more details, there are mechanisms that create leaky guts, and I'll just put them into... Some categories. You could have a metabolic issue, such as um, you can't break things down, or your blood sugar is too high. We call that hyperglycemia. You might know that as diabetes. Now, there's, there's actually three types. Type one is a they're um, usually it's an autoimmune. It usually it is an autoimmune issue, and most of those happen in their childhood age, and they know that they have it, and they have to take insulin the rest of their lives. And then there's type 2 diabetes, which is a metabolic issue, and it's usually a disease of consumption. It's a disease of non-movement, and it's a disease of eating what's called glycosylated end products, which are your caramelized food, your fried food, your browning. Uh, let's say you take a sugar, and there's, let's say, a ham, and they caramelize, or whatever they got to do, or anything that you brown or caramelize. Those are called glycosylated end products, and they actually create a sugar, and they raise your blood sugar. That's what the way they're called a carcinogen, is because they can cause cancer, because anything that creates an increase in sugar is inflammatory, and inflammation can cause cancer. So that's really where you can get to the, the carcinogens. They could be really, really bad, like Chernobyl, or they can be, uh, you just, you know, once a year is probably not going to raise your cancer risk. Once a day is, okay, you're going to have an issue. So metabolic can also be intestinal inflammation. Um, it doesn't have to be uh, irritable bowel. It doesn't have to be inflammatory bowel, which is a disease state, meaning you have ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, or celiac. Those are all autoimmune. You just have an intestinal inflammation that's, that's going on, and uh, or it can be autoimmune conditions that actually go because they're inflammatory, just like we'll talk about gluten or um, let's say salmonella or E. coli, they're inflammatory when they're in the pathogenic state and they go in and they irritate that, that intestine and break it apart. Even Epstein-Barr can do that. So then you can also have a leaky gut from neurological issues. Somebody could have a stroke because the, remember, if the gut can cause the brain issue, the brain can cause the gut issue and the lung and the sinuses and vice versa. They're all very similar tissues. So once one tissue is inflamed, the probability of all of them being inflamed is, is very high. So you could have stroke, and then another one would be brain trauma, and this is a little different than stroke. This could be a concussion. Um, somebody got in a, a car wreck, or you really hit your head pretty hard, and you saw stars, um, maybe for that little bit, or you had a goose egg on your head, and they're swelling, or you're looking in the eyes, and they're swelling. You know, maybe it's not bad enough that you, you had to go to the emergency room, but maybe you're in urgent care. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll go home and watch that for a minute. Okay, that's a pretty good 
um, it's not necessarily a traumatic brain injury, but you had some brain, they, they got jostled a little bit. And then the other neurological component was when somebody gets into neurodegeneration, uh, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, um, they are in the neurodegenerative phase. Now, granted, we all are at the age of 14. It all depends on where we are. But when one goes, the others go. So as the brain starts to go, the gut starts to fall apart. So then there's a myriad of, of other conditions and a host of fun that comes along. Now, it could be hormonal. Now, you could have an imbalance of hormones. Maybe your thyroid is off. It's kind of a master thyroid gland, or your pituitary doesn't work, or you have something wrong with your pituitary. Or you can have low progesterone, low estrogen, low, low testosterone. All low hormones affect things. Or you could be taking an exogenous hormone. So um, there's a lot of women that take birth control. There's a lot of women that take estrogen or testosterone. And that's not... It might be congruent to their energy, but then it sucks away in the, how the body breaks it down and it creates inflammation in the gut, and then they get a leaky gut side effect. Oops. Uh, and then, of course, there's stress, uh, life stress. How does your body deal with physiological stress? How does your body deal with mental stress? How does your body deal with emotional stress? How does your body deal with uh, physical stress? Are you working out too much? Are you sleeping? Those are all stress mechanisms that can create a leaky gut. Now, of course, there's the infections. The number one infection in the world that causes um, a leaky gut is Helicobacter pylori, which is the number one cause of ulcers, but really only about 10% of people even have a symptom of an ulcer, but they're there. You can have a bacterial overgrowth that um, either is in your gut that was incorrect or it came from your large intestine, which is called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Then it creates a leaky gut. But generally, you have a leaky gut first, or you can have yeast overgrowth or intestinal virus overgrowth, or you can have a parasitic infections. Um, and then there are all the things that you can eat. So alcohol, too much alcohol because of blood sugar can affect your diet, can affect the leaky gut or gluten or uh, dairy, which is the, the casein is the protein that goes in there. You have processed foods, you get a fried foods, you get excess sugar foods, those glycosylated in food uh, product food or somebody that's a junk food junkie. And then of course we can get into medications. So corticosteroids, antibiotics, antacids, xenobiotics, and of course those hormones that could be exogenous or injected or pelleted that can all cause leaky guts. And it could be maybe you're unfortunate and one of these things creates a leaky gut or most likely it's a combination of many of these. And they have to be figured out and has to be unwound so that you can actually start to repair. Now, before we get too far along, if you've ever been told that you have a leaky gut, well, what kind do you have? There are actually four kinds as of today. I'm sure there's going to be more that comes along. So you can have a leaky gut that just spreads the cells apart and everything that's let's say in your uh, gut and intestine is leaking out between the cells that's called a paracellular uh, leaky gut and generally speaking it takes about six to nine months to heal and then what if you had for whatever reason an infection inside of your gut and it's paracellular and so the infection is getting in the bloodstream now your body has to deal with that and by the way when you get infections in the bloodstream um your body starts to create more inflammation to the arteries and and so many other tissues and we can see that in there so when that happens um we get what's called a lipopolysaccharide and LPS positive, and all of a sudden your six to nine months just went from 12 to 18 months. So it, it, infections do slow down the ability of that to come together. Now, you could have a different type of leaky gut called actomyosin, where it actually pulls the cells apart. And that's when we really get into the inflammatory bowel versus irritable bowel. Irritable bowel is probably going to fall into the paracellular. Uh, and now we have inflammatory bowel, where it's usually autoimmune, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, celiac, some sort of really, really bad pathogen um, that, you know, there's, you know, like, let's say like a, a really end stage cholera, you know, what we read about in the 1800s when people are just laying on their beds and it's coming out of them until they die. That's probably a really bad actomyosin with an LPS positive, but you could have it from cancer. You could have cancer in there. It's pulling the cells apart too. And it could, it could also pull the cells apart and then pull them apart. So those are how we look at it. So we get a, what's called a transcellular uh, leaky gut. 
which we'll kind of call this stage three. And all of a sudden we're looking at 18 to 24 months. And then we get a transcellular uh, leaky gut that has LPS positive, And now we're looking at about three years. And now I'm not talking about it in my office. This is what the research shows. So you have to know what you're dealing with when you're dealing with a leaky gut. So if you start feeling better in two to three months because you change your diet and you're sleeping better and you're reducing your stress and you're taking the supplement, you're doing better. And then you're like, I mean, I feel good. I think I'm going to stop going to this doctor. I'm, I think I'm going to stop taking this product. And we're four or five months into it. You're nuts. Guess what? You get to start over. And I've seen that so many times in the office, and I really do try to articulate that. We just don't heal the gut that fast. But what if you went through um, chemotherapy, radiation? Um, do you think that's going to heal anytime soon? No. So it, it takes a while. And that's, again, so we talk about like what's called chemo brain. So now you've got this chemo brain that comes along because you had to take something to save your life, and it really did destroy the quick turning over cells of the body, which is your hair and your skin and your intestinal um and and here we are and so it's going to take a minute to get there so the brain starts to break down because the gut broke down that's how they work so you get this in the world of this you get this we'll call it a leaky gut cycle but it can be a vicious leaky gut cycle so first you get intestinal inflammation in the gut lining it could be any of those things so it could be a hormone imbalance could be a, a, a medication a supplement supplements can do that too you take too much like oregano and you'll hammer it out maybe it's your diet Maybe you are going through divorce. Maybe you just had a loved one that passed away and it's really hitting you. Okay, great. That's a stress hormone that will create this. So now we have inflammation in the gut. And then you, in this is why we do nutrient testing in our office and why you should go, if you have a leaky gut, you gotta, gotta, that's your next step is to find out, well, what nutrients are you not missing? Are you missing now because your body can't absorb it? So the nutrient testing comes next. And then we gotta see, okay, do you have any other autoimmune or inflammatory responses that are now attacking you and perpetuating this? And after we figure that out, because if we just hop into food sensitivities right off the bat and you haven't addressed the inflammation, you're not going to change anything. If you haven't addressed the nutrients, you're not going to change anything. If you haven't addressed or at least discovered where the immune response is coming from, you're not going to change anything. And then you get into the next phase of this is called autoimmune response. So we have an inflammatory uh, immune response and then, you know, the body's just fighting itself. But then it starts to really fight at itself and that's attacking autoimmune disease. And then all of these can lead back to what the first target was intestinal inflammation of the gut lining, which is the beginning of leaky gut and it starts. So we we have to look at in our office what extends beyond the gut. So that we know that there is a microbiome, which is all the bacteria, fungus, yeast, parasites, viruses that actually live and support and, and support your intestinal microbiome, your intestinal flora, your intestinal organisms. And they have their own little brain, and it's called an enteric nervous system. And they can have an influence on weight gain, bowel movements, nutritional deliveries, and, and what's called microbial balance. They also can get to your brain because they help make neurotransmitters, which can then increase or decrease your response to stress or your anxiety or your mood or your behavior or your, let's say, cravings. If you have a whole bunch of yeast, you're just going to, I can't live without sugar. Of course you can't because the yeast is so high. So it, it can do all that. Now, the underlying culprit to all this is inflammation. So we do look at any system that can look at uh, gut function. So if, if you're listening to this for the first time, you're like, I, I don't I don't think I have a gluten sensitivity. I don't think I have a dairy allergy. Maybe you don't. And high five to you. You're in like the 10 to 15% that don't have one of those. But they're still inflammatory. So you can smoke a cigarette and, okay, I, didn't, I don't have lung cancer. Great. Uh, but keep doing it and your chances go up. So that's that's where, where I stand with that. You might have a, a negative there. Okay, that's not it. And, and that doesn't have to be the focus, but I, I can't not tell you. It's just like, hey, um, we're going to look and run all these tests, but I'm never going to tell you to, to get off your behind and, and exercise. No, I am. I'm not going to tell you that, you know, maybe uh, 
you don't have to supplement everything. Maybe we have a salad. It's 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 okay, but so many people are like, I'm going to supplement everything. No, yes and no, but you can't tell if your body heals if you're just eating supplements. So we have to make sure that uh, as we get through this, sometimes it's it's food that causes that, and there are food sensitivity testing. Um, and, and there's a whole, uh, I'll, I'll probably make a, a another podcast about what food allergy testing really should be about. But there are different types of food allergies, IgG, IgA, and IgG. IgE is generally what you're anaphylactic to. Most people, hey, I had a piece of shellfish and my face swelled up and I couldn't breathe. Yeah, you know about those. Um, those are pretty scary. And then there's IgA, which is in the gastrointestinal tract. And there's IgG, which is in the gastrointestinal tract, meaning from your tip of your tongue to the end of your rectum. And then that goes out to the rest of your body if there's some sort of leaky gut issue, whether it's transcellular or paracellular, and it gets out and just and causes inflammation and havoc throughout the entire nervous system and the immune system, and then everybody starts attacking everybody. So I like to look at all of those just to see what's going on. So when we get further along in these, these conditions, you can become autoimmune. Now, you can have a leaky gut, and it doesn't become celiac Crohn's or, or um, ulcerative colitis. You could have it get out into your nervous system, and for whatever reason, the gluten antibody lands in your heart. Now, that's called endocarditis, pericarditis. You might have heard of that. There's this whole virus that goes around the world that, that is a trigger for that. Or it can get to the brain and cause brain fog. Or it can get to the brain and cause gluten ataxia. Or it can get to the, the joints and cause what looks like rheumatoid arthritis, but it doesn't. Or a non-seronegative enteropathic arthritis. So you have all the signs of arthritis. The joints are breaking down, but nobody can find anything. It's not rheumatoid arthritis, not lupus, not Sjogren's, not scleroderma, on and on and on and on. It's a non um, what's called non-enteropathic, meaning there's not an antibody to say that you have an autoimmune thing, but we clearly can see this on radiographic film or X-ray or CT or MRI that you got some serious issues going on and your inflammatory markers are high. So there are a lot of things to go look at. So we, we definitely want to look at um, uh, all, how, how all of these things break down and, and your doctor should be doing the same thing. So again, make sure that it's not autoimmune if you've got you've had this for long enough if you had it like yesterday uh, was your first time that you had an upset tummy diarrhea that you probably don't have a clinical leaky gut you have a uh, we'll call it a transient leaky gut i'm just making that up this is my um word so um i don't have it trademarked but um that's that's a good start <laughs> to, to go with it's where do you go from there and so the, the big part about leaky gut is there is a ton of research that's out there. So if you haven't heard that term, um, that's new, that there's there's a lot out there and it's it's peer reviewed. So uh, these leaky gut researchers have taken it to medical boards and said, here's what we have. It, the real term is called permeable membrane. So it's broken through a membrane and it looks permeable. And that's, that's really what it is. So if you're looking up leaky gut in the research, you're probably not going to find it, but you'll find permeable membrane. And so... Uh, sinuses, lungs, gut, and brain, and it can be all of those. And the uh, cells that they're looking at that it breaks down is called actomyosin and occludin and zonulin. So any of those occludin and zonulin studies. Now I have a book that's out there called Treat Yourself, and I wrote a bunch of information, and I have a lot of research that were in there that were supporting this that I'm talking about in there, and the whole leaky gut section and how that goes through that. But the the moral of this whole thing, and I want to let you know, is that if you have suspect leaky gut or you have the symptoms of leaky gut and, and it's all of these digestive things that are above and you haven't been tested or here's the other thing you've been tested and you found out sure enough it's there and you haven't been retested after your treatment you're missing something and you're you're missing a big part of how you heal now the biggest part of the research is if you have a leaky gut it's like autoimmune it never heals but just like autoimmunity it can be in remission and it can be managed but you have to be aware that if you hit your head and you have a leaky gut, 
it can re-trigger it. And this, if you get a cold and you have to go on an antibiotic, you can re-trigger it. If you change what you're doing in your life, I'm going to start running for a mar- training for a marathon or Ironman, or I'm not going to sleep anymore, or I'm going to go get a divorce. These triggers can reactivate your leaky gut. So if you're not working with me, uh, that's okay. But you need to tell your practitioner what is going on so that he can at least be proactive in testing or up what they're doing to try to prevent any regression. I know you have a lot of choices in your podcast. I'm glad that you've uh, taken the time to listen to this and hopefully you made it all the way through it and hopefully I've given you some information that is vital to your health and wellness. And if you like what we do, please go on our site and like our uh, podcast. You're welcome to visit us online at choosenewleaf.com. I'm Dr. Alan Trites and new and want to leave you at this. Great health does not have to be a niche mission impossible. All my best. Be well. Oh,